0: hey everybody welcome to another week of the soccer thread podcast i'm dan schrader i'm in portland oregon uh we got i think we're gonna have a lot of intros so i'm not gonna say anything about the weather believe that or not (laughs) uh ryan palmer's in portland oregon
1: why are we going to have so many intros?
0: Because we got so much to say.
2: <laughs> no. Guests who are about to come on this pod right now yeah. that we don't know about. Like, Who's the
1: surprise guest? Yeah. <laughs> Lots. I, I feel rushed in my intro. Jose Mourinho has entered the chat. I need, I need <laughs> to get this, we need to get this moving because I got the uh, Spurs game um, recorded, so I'm ready to watch. I, and, but I did, I did just see the goal. So, um, let goal. A goal. Let's, A goal. Uh, well, that's the goal. Mark the uh, at least uh, of the game so far, um, yeah. So let's let's get this rolling.
0: I was just trying to uh, you know get out of the way for you guys, leave the, leave the space for the content creators. You know, <laughs> yeah. A true rush, you a true setup man, the Mesit Ozel uh-huh, uh-huh. of the pod, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> buried in Turkey somewhere. Uh, Mike Samuelson's in Minneapolis.
3: Yep, still still bitter about you know my my loss. Uh, this was, uh, last week's podcast, for those of you who made it through, uh, was the podcast that, ironically, despite being our longest podcast ever, is the one that my wife has listened to the most. She was a big fan of Yogish, uh, was embarrassed by my performance, uh, and I'm still what? bitter. I still think that those, those, uh, you know, we need to rescore the categories. First round needs to be worth 50 points each. Uh, And then (laughs) after that, you know, one point per correct answer or something. Uh, But I did have a lot of fun.
0: Mike, we literally... I think you came out of that looking the best. Yeah,
1: we talked about this on
3: the pod that you were the MVP Mm -hmm. of that pod. Guys, guys, you play to win the game, okay? You don't just play it it to come out (laughs) looking the best.
2: Fair. You start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mike, did you get your loser's tattoo yet? Uh, no, not yet. Okay. That
2: we'll, we'll Philadelphia Union snake is going to we'll, look We'll great post it on Twitter.
3: I, I will not be getting the Philadelphia Union snake, which is the don't tread on me snake. So, sorry, Colin. No, different Ooh. snake. Different we're, snake. We're going to have to try uh, You're getting a the mascot powder.
2: version. Fang the mascot. Can we, uh... <laughs> okay. Use, I, can, I, I will get a mascot tattoo. Can we stop talking <laughs> about snakes? Just... <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, whenever you're around Palmer, you'll pull it out and <laughs> you'll get to run away. <laughs>
0: Uh, uh, Colin, Sw- Colin Smith is in Swampscott. Colin Swampscott. <laughs>
2: hey, I so this week I'm coming to you with a recipe. It's a recipe for dads, and it's because you're when you have children, uh, you probably order really boring pizza now. Your kids they just want cheese pizza, you know. So uh, I've figured out how to take cheese pizza and make it really tasty, and that is. Grandma sauce. If you're not hooked on Grandma sauce at this point, uh, first of all, you don't know super producer Cliff that well. He definitely got me hooked uh, when we were in then in our Philadelphia days. Um, But just the Grandma sauce is Szechuan spicy, chili crisp oil stuff. You just spread that on the on top of your cheese pizza, and it's it tastes gourmet, fatty, spicy, uh, and not boring. Any pizza Mm. is suddenly good pizza sounds amazing mm-hmm. i just that's had three tip. slices i'm ready to go now I'm, I'm ready <laughs> to pod
0: that's lovely stuff uh, we should last week we did this um Trivia podcast with Yogesh from uh, Recreational Thinking podcast, which was awesome. If you haven't listened to it, uh, it's probably our best podcast. So you should go back—the the one that we did not organize and had nothing to do with the content for. Our best um, ever, easily. Yeah, that's yeah. It's so it's go also, back and check that one it's out. It's also
1: a hundred percent the the most feedback I've gotten on any podcast. We've done this for two hundred and twenty five episodes, and I've had more text messages about that particular podcast oh, than tell probably us more. all of the. All of the 225 episodes uh, that we've previously recorded. So, Can you, what kind of can you reveal you any of yeah. the content? Just that uh, it was really fun. Um, for some reason, people were impressed by us. I don't know why. Uh, I was impressed by Mike. No one said they were impressed by me. Um, probably because I drank they, too much.
3: It's because they couldn't see you on the Zoom. They can only hear That's, you. That's right. Well, I, <laughs> I
1: warned them early. Um, yeah it was it was just great fun it was uh definitely a highlight of uh, of our podcasting history so
3: for sure yep and um, simultaneously yogish's worst episode ever <laughs>
0: <laughs> it it was so fun that it made me wish I knew anything about anything else so that we could request another episode <laughs> on another oh. topic because i, I because if there was anything else, I'd be like, hey, we should do the next one on...
2: Uh, yeah, but our level on, on other, thing, other th- things is like, if that was soccer Jeopardy, we'd have to be on kids Jeopardy is the only <laughs> other one. We, we need like KD level yeah. trivia. Sure.
0: Um, it was good. I think Yogesh actually had a really good time too, so uh, we could feel good about that. Um, definitely different than his usual podcast, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, like you said... No. L- lower, the quiz community is a big tent.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a big tent, and
3: I, at some point, he was like, "Yeah, tent. usually my my podcast is a little bit more highbrow, or like the listeners are like more highbrow." <laughs> yeah. The unsaid thing was, "You guys have really brought down the quality." <laughs> this is,
2: which yeah. is absolutely <laughs> a we fair didn't know thing any English say. composers. He was like, "So the big three English composers <laughs> that I figured you would know." We were like, Mm-mm. Mm, yeah. Mm-mm. Trent,
3: Trent Reznor, John Williams, and we we couldn't think of the third. <laughs> and Bono. And Reznor and Bono.
2: <laughs> Noel Gallagher.
0: Um, he the thing that we would not have done if we were administering the quiz podcast, but he did every single question. Is he'd ask the question and then, in an attempt to be super impartial, would like cover his face with his hand, yeah, so that we couldn't see any reactions as we were discussing through. Um, which like, I, I totally get cause he's super serious and the people he usually has on his podcast, are super serious. So like any kind of reactionary, uh, hints yeah. would be, you know, frowned upon, I'm sure. But for us, I
2: was like, I want to see his reactions. Know, Come yeah. on. This yeah. is fun. Like <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going to make jokes for 30 seconds and then I'm going to guess. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly.
2: Just get in on the, <laughs> the jokes because you're not going to love this guess.
0: Like, yeah, at so least let me see you laughing. All I want to see is the laugh.
2: There but, was uh, also a
3: lot of a lot of answers where he was just like, "All right, guys, like, can you lock something in so we can move on?" Because I'm, I'm tired <laughs> of this, yeah. this silly banter. You're,
0: you're getting further away. So it just was, I uh,
1: the I, I think I'm I think super producer Cliff was texting us about this the other day. Uh, But I think the phrase was um, I imagine the listeners Of of Yogesh's podcast um, Have champagne taste But they got uh, Taco Bell skill In in our uh, episode
0: (laughs) That's right Uh, So that was great Anyway go check out last week's episode here And Yogesh will have that on his feed um, Eventually although he's organized And has episodes recorded and backlogged And ready for continual release So (laughs) I'm not sure when it comes out on his feed, but you can check ours out. Um, and this go go out recreational the censored thinking. version, too. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, uh, I'm sure, true. I think he'll also dub over um, small factual mistakes we've made because any factual mistake he gets, he likes to correct. So he pops in uh, with an omnipotent voice Got to it. say that, actually, just, the just buckyball is the same just as make,
1: a soccer just ball. Just making more work for him. That's great. Oh, my Fantastic. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things were not factual.
3: You should just do it about. the
2: other way around for us. Actually, what Palmer said is true. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, so that was amazing. We had so much fun. Uh, Yogesh, if you happen to be listening to our podcast, thank you so much again. Um, that's the only intro I had. Emails. Michael. Yeah.
3: Back to our regularly scheduled program.
0: Uh, and this that's first right. email is a doozy.
3: Normally, you know, I kind of paraphrase emails. I don't read them out word for word. But every once in a while, we get an email that's so good, so critical to the understanding of this podcast and the world, the small, <laughs> small worlds we've created that I have to try and read it out word for word best I can. Uh, so this email is from Vincent Arasco, not Raymond Arasco. Vincent Orozco. The email is titled... Vincent, Ray's twin brother. The email reads <laughs> as such. I don't know how to describe my twin brother Ray as a player in adult league. Maybe you guys can discuss and come up with. Sorry, let me just jump in and say there's also no punctuation here in this email, so I'm going to try and add punctuation as best I can, but
0: uh, you know. I think it, you shouldn't. I think you should read it straight <laughs> through one breath. I can't. <laughs> All right, I'll try to do that. Uh,
3: okay. Uh, so you guys can discuss and come up with it. I am his twin brother. I joined the league that was 12 weeks long. I couldn't make the second game, so I asked Ray to play for me. The following week when I played after the game, a guy made a comment, you're a little off tonight. It kind of puzzled me, so I asked my brother, how did you do when you played? And he just replied, well, I scored four goals. <laughs> I told him, you could have told me that. I don't think it would have made a difference, but for the rest of the season, I had to come up with excuses why they play, why I played so terribly uh, like the start of the game was too late, or I was hungover. I'm glad the <laughs> season ended because I was running out of excuses. Um, so that I mean, so that's good. just
0: incredible. Uh, so good. <laughs> uh, he also. I like the fl- idea that there is only a tiny window between being hungover at like 3 p.m. and the game like being too late too at too like, late, like yeah. 5 p.m. <laughs>
2: <Yep>. <laughs> There's like a very small window. Yeah, he's always yeah he's always uh, hungover for the threes the 3 p.m. starts, but then there's a 3.30 start, and he's like, guys, it's too late. We can't (laughs) start too late. (laughs) 3.12, that's my... Um, Wow. I mean,
3: he's got some questions in here, but before I get to them, like, Raymond's got a twin brother.
0: I mean, it's incredible stuff. Amazing. All this time, Raymond, we thought we knew you. (laughs) It it was
2: amazing to to find that out, Uh, which, yeah, just makes me want to know all the... uh, go back through all of Raymond's old emails and run them by his twin brother and be like, you, you co-signing this one or (laughs) what about this one? (laughs)
3: There's, there's, there's more on the interaction between these two and uh, cases of mistaken identity coming up later in the pod. Um, But from Vincent, he says, question for you guys. What excuses did you come up with for, for poor play in hindsight? I should have just told the truth and gave my brother the credit for his good play, but I wanted him, I wanted him to think that I could play. Thanks for your show guys. (laughs) P.S. <laughs> this is important for Dan and Colin. No self-respectable bratwurst
2: eater in Wisconsin puts ketchup on a bratwurst. So true. Could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more, Vincent. Once uh, this whole email, I was like shocked, but then it got to the end, and I was like, okay, this guy's real. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That's you know he's from Wisconsin.
0: I I think this is a Colin burner account. I think the whole <laughs> thing is a setup. It's getting more elaborate though, which I'm impressed uh
3: by I mean I've always said it was a Keevan a Kievan uh situation. But I'm starting to think now like Kievan and Colin don't have the the juice to keep this going at this
0: level of detail. This is very impressive. Um, um excuses? It, I never really give excuses for poor play. I just I adjust my shin guards a lot and then uh you know, kinda head up, chest up, pretend that you didn't actually play poorly. Just if you don't admit it to anybody, nobody else is going to say anything to you. Oh,
2: just, I, I go the other way. I go, oh, I'm very disappointed with myself. I'm, you know, like if you miss, if you miss it, uh, you just act like you usually make that. that guys, chance.
0: But, this is But ridiculous. do you? But there's data then. There's data <laughs> to back that up. They're like, no, you don't usually make that. Why are you upset? I have,
1: I have zero excuse. I don't need an excuse. Uh, the excuse is I suck. You guys yeah. asked me to be here. That's on you. You know what you were getting when you asked (laughs) me. That's right. So this is obviously, and also, uh, this particular player, uh, because I believe uh, Vincent was asking um, for the name of this style of player, and this is the Body Snatcher. Um, Really good one week, and then he gets body snatched either one way or the other, so... Uh, this was oh, that's
2: body so snatcher. good. I I was when I read this. Also, I uh, just now actually, I thought of there was a time when I I played in a seven on seven league uh, in Philadelphia where only one guy had like played with me before and then mm-hmm. invited me to come play on this other team. And the first week, they were like, "I never play forward, right? Because I'm bad." And they were like, "Nobody here plays forward. That guy's normally gone. You want to play up top?" And I had a great a day where just like you know not through any skill of my own. I wasn't like dribbling past people, but I just like everything kind of fell my way and I scored a bunch of goals. Yeah, you got and then nice. and, 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 and everyone <laughs> on that team was like, well, he get next week. Well, college should play up top. And I was always like, uh, <laughs> no, uh-uh. um, I mean, I will, <laughs> I'm gonna be but found I've, out. I've, I've seen myself play like 300 games. That was my <laughs> best one. So <laughs> it's just not going to be that great, but yeah, definitely yeah. for all those other guys on that team, I was, body snatched for the rest of the season. So
0: if we're kind of going back, I missed the pod where you guys did the men's league uh, archetypes. There's one that I really think needs to be discussed that you guys missed, and that is the ref buddy, the guy in the league, (laughs) who's like... Hey, like so, I played men's league in Madison when I was going to school there, and uh, Raj was like the ref that was he. You know, he'd do five games back to back to yeah, back, yeah, back yeah, to back yeah. to back on a Sunday, so it was always just Raj was the ref, and we had this guy on our team who was like just best buds with like never like uh, it's off, a center off midfielder the field buds. No, well, I don't know, but on the field because. Raj was not leaving the center circle. Yeah. <laughs> and also this guy was like a midfielder and also never left the center circle. Beautiful. So they just kind of hung out for 90 minutes in the middle of the pitch, uh, just shooting the shit a little bit. Anytime there was a call, you know, this guy would be like, Raj, I don't know. Like that seemed a little soft. I guess you owe us one now. I guess you owe us one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And,
2: and being, having the experience with the ref to be calling the ref by their first name in men's league. Right. Because yeah. like if you're if it's your first week or whatever, you know or you you've only played in this league a couple times uh you're not going to know that ref but if you've played in this league 3 years then you're like oh i know the refs and this one's like this and this one's like this the one you can talk to that's yeah. that, that's yeah. good to have that yeah. old head
3: there, there's also the other side of this which is um i played in a league and there's this there a few different refs but there's this one who everyone hated cuz he was just particularly garbage and you know the expectations are very low for adult league refs and and this ref uh managed to you know be below expectations, but he just had certain players who'd played in the league long enough that he would use their first name on them you know he'd be like, "Oh Dan, Dan, come mm-hmm. on, knock it off or like Dan, <laughs> calm down," which is incredibly infuriating uh at least for this one i mean I was not one of these players, but like uh, the the guys who were getting called to out be by name to be told to calm down loved loved hating on this guy and
2: absolutely hated him, and it was just a very interesting dynamic. Oh, that's interesting because so the I when you say, brought this up, I thought of myself because I played in one league in Philly for the whole time I was there um, on Saturdays, and so one of the refs who also would ref in other leagues. Sometimes I see this guy twice a week. He was like probably, if not the best ref, we would get pretty close to it and uh, you see him a lot, and he's absolutely a buddy-buddy dude. Like, he never wants to give anybody a yellow card. He wants to be part of the fun and, and the action and whatever. And yeah, he wants to yeah, talk. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. And so then I would chat with him, and, and I had been in this league forever, and so I was like, Mark Garcia, and he 100% would do what Mike is saying to me. I would, like, take somebody out or whatever. I'd kick somebody in the shin, and he'd blow the whistle. I think, I think like, the term you're looking for on. is hacking. Yeah. hacking. <laughs> yeah, I would hack someone. And he, and he would absolutely be like, "Colin," I'd be like, "Oh, sorry, Mark." Like, "Look, sorry, my bad, you know. Ball yep. moved. I but, kicked where yeah, the ball I, was." You know, I didn't mean to, Mark, but I loved that because I knew I could get away with anything. Like, and I could never get a yellow card. Yeah. Could never It'd be get like, a "Oh, sorry,
3: may Mark, sorry." Mark, yeah, exactly. So we we still just... him for that beer after the game though, Mark?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's just yeah. like, "Oh, my bad, Mark. You know I'm not a, I'm, you know I'm not that player, Mark. Come on." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, love it. I, I have to say, getting back to the, uh, the excuses question, I'm 100% on Team Palmer here, where I, I don't give excuses. I just describe my play like, oh, man, I was really shit this week or uh, my touch is particularly awful this week uh, or, you know, any, any speed I once had is now gone. So just kind of describing <laughs> what everyone else sees. Uh, yeah. Just, you just got to
2: own it. You got to own it. Yeah. I definitely, just sh- I definitely go radical honesty with my left foot. My left foot is so bad that it, it can't hide. So yeah, I, I definitely blame other people for passing to my left foot and saying, look, yep. you know, you shouldn't be doing that.
1: It doesn't L- listen, do anything. No one is signing you up uh, for for this team because of your left foot. Yeah. Unlike, unlike the real my left foot. Your left foot's <laughs>
3: just making up the numbers. We need 22 feet yeah. out there. <laughs> we got to have your left foot.
0: Um, I do think there's value in proving that you're self-aware uh, that, you know, because the worst part is if you've got a guy that you're playing with who just doesn't know that he's really bad, right? So if that guy was like, oh, man, I'm just not very good, then you'd be like, yeah, that's cool. We're, we're good. Like, we're still having fun. Yep. But <laughs> if he thinks he's amazing, yeah, then you just hate pretty him. Tough. You hate and him. If, you,
3: if you are good uh, or even decent and you kind of talk yourself down and then you do good stuff, I feel like everyone's going to be thrilled. And kind of, Dan, you've hit on good the point. other side. The other side's terrible. Nobody wants that.
2: Although there is the player who talks themselves down so much, like, oh, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. I'm so bad. Scores five goals. And you're like, yeah, dude, you're way better than everyone. Why you got to say you're so bad? Because like that makes (laughs) us kind of annoying. How bad are we? Like, like I get that we're bad, but we're not like eighth grade girls here. Like, I don't think anyone
3: on this podcast qualifies in that category, though. Oh, that's definitely true.
2: That's definitely true.
3: Um, All right. (laughs) So moving on, you know, we have the the flip side of the coin of that email is an email from Raymond. Um, Maybe he wants to talk about maybe. (laughs) Is it is it Raymond and Vincent or is it Colin and Keevan? We'll never know. Um, He wants to talk about mistaken identities. He he says that one time he was at Target and he was standing in line with his aunt and this girl came up and play slapped him and said, stop acting like you don't know me. (laughs) <laughs> Thank God my aunt was there to justify my story. Uh, I'm assuming that this is regards to, you know, some shenanigans with Vincent. Uh, that's that's how this is written. Um, I guess before we get into Raymond's questions, uh, any any comments on this one? So good. I love it. All right. So he says uh question of mistaken identity. Do you know of any time somebody was wrongfully red carded or yellow carded? There was a famous incident in the 1998 World Cup where Ramon Ramirez, Mexican international, was wrongly carded. I feel like this used to happen, like, fairly, like, once a season or something. Uh, Did it happen to
2: Kieran Gibbs, maybe?
1: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I feel like it happened recently in, like, some lower-level leagues in England where, like, maybe a guy got two yellow cards and he wrote well, there was like a recent the,
2: three yellow cards too yeah yeah
1: there was oh, like a yeah. three yellow and, cards <laughs> uh he maybe the ref wrote the wrong number down and then the the guy with that number got a yellow card and he ended up getting a red card and yeah uh yeah this i think this happens more frequently than than we would than it probably should
2: <laughs> yeah yeah see if mark garcia knows your name though he's not going to get it wrong that's what i'm saying <laughs>
3: You can't, you can't switch jerseys at halftime with Mark if he knows that you're Colin. Like, Colin, go put it back on number two. Come on. I'm not going to give you a red, Colin, okay? Just put back your jersey.
0: That's also the thing that the ref buddy is so good for is when a guy on your team is using the player card of somebody else because they don't have their own, mm. that, the ref buddy is the guy that's handing the player cards to the ref before the game and being like, here you go. They're all in there. You trust me, right? <laughs> uh, like, yep. we're good. We're on yep. the level. Yeah,
3: I mean, unfortunately, with VAR, I just feel like this is this is a dying a dying thing. At least at the at the top levels of the game, you yeah. can still definitely have it on Sundays at, at your pub league or whatever.
2: I feel like this situation and the like, guy uh, kicks someone or does not kick someone, uh, and that that player's you know acting like fifty yards away from the ball, but you can see it on VAR is like the two reasons why like. Uh, we had to have VAR. We felt like we had to have VAR for mistaken identity and guy did or did not get slapped 50 yards away from the ball because they're so easy to figure out if you, if you look at the video and should be open and shut cases. Um, and they were, it was so easy for all the fans to see, right? Like all, all of us watching at home were like, you see the re- uh, replay five seconds later and you're like, it wasn't Gibbs who made that tackle. It was whoever Theo Walcott and he should be the one sent off. Why is the wrong guy getting sent off? We can, yeah. we could all fix that. Everyone in the stadium knows it. the ref is just can't go back on his thing now. Cause he can't go see the video. Right. Um, yeah. So that was the reason to have VAR, but you know, VAR's broken and terrible now. Yeah. Mostly for offsides though. Right. Yeah, mostly for offsides. <laughs>
3: Um, all right. Next email is from Pedro. He says, I've been out of high school, uh, and I'm seeing a lot of people that I thought were promising footballers, but unfortunately they fell through the cracks due to lack of connections. This is unfortunately a reality with soccer in America, but regardless, my question of the week is, have you ever known someone who had the potential to become someone great, but unfortunately was in the wrong time in wrong place, preventing them from reaching that upper echelon? not sure if this is restricted to just soccer or if we want to go to the the wider world but um i mean what a great
1: question this is this is a good question but i i mean it's really so here's what i'm going to say it is really really hard to become a professional athlete and the professional athletes that play you know whatever their game is um, are really, really, really good.
2: <laughs> and so like even <laughs> and, the ones... and they work really, really, really hard.
1: Yes. And so even the ones that we have played with that probably we look at and are like, this is the best player that I've ever played with. They're probably levels upon levels upon levels below like... I... The professionals. I think
3: that's true, but I also think there's tons and tons of examples of, of players who either growing up were not super, super elite talents uh, and then somehow found their way into the pros or were somehow, like, overlooked because of where they were from. Yeah, or... like a Jamie Vardy. Sure, exactly. So, like, there's I, – I don't think it's necessarily, like, well, if you're not the best 15-year-old soccer player – You have no chance of being a pro, but I I do agree that, I mean, the level of professional athlete, even to like guys who just missed the pro, I mean, like, you know, there's lots of levels to this and
2: yeah. But yeah. So your point is also though, like Palmer, uh, even if a guy was like the best you ever played with when you were 15, this guy was amazing talent, way better than everybody else. He could play with 20 year olds when he was 15. That doesn't actually mean that he's going to end up being a big pro, or good pro, even if he had every opportunity, even if he had the right time in the right place. Like, I mean, uh, we see this literally with, um, like, the developmental academies, right? I mean, this is true in England, but, uh, you know, being an American, my example is going to be from the Philadelphia Union, but Zach Pfeffer was the first uh, homegrown player signed by the Union. I think he was 16 or 17 when he signed, was getting first team minutes at 16, 17, was out of soccer by 20 or 21. So, like, he just didn't develop. He, did, he was slow as a 16-year-old. He got slower. You know, he, his, he never grew any, like, that was his as good as he got, kind of, even though he was working his ass off to get better, right? Um, so it's, it's hard to say if you're going to pick guys who are from your childhood that they could have been pros if they hadn't X, Y, Z.
0: I do think, I mean, there are two sides of this. And the first is what you guys are talking about, that um, even the best person that you've ever played with is levels below what the worst professional probably is. Yeah. And that's not to say they couldn't develop, right? But you guys... The other side of this is absolutely, life is just like sliding doors. And, you know, you happen to get some coach when you're 15 who happens to know a guy who gives you some exposure. And that second coach... Um, helps you understand some tactical thing that just like opens up your mind to how the game works, and then like who knows, like, but that's not just soccer. Like Mike was saying, like a broader, broader thing. Like, how do we all end up where we are? It's just a series of moments that you, you travel through life, and yeah. here we are, right? Like, the so who knows what it takes? T- <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like, uh, yeah, exactly. You just, it's all sliding doors. So, a hundred percent. Also. Uh, what prevents people from doing things is like just chance. Like yeah. every step you take is just a roll of the dice. See what happens. I, yeah.
1: I've also and like I've I have also thought about this and like the if you think about you know <laughs> as a uh, as a teacher you you come across a lot of students where they're like I want to become a, a professional basketball player or football is the thing that I want to play and it's it's like that's great. I think that's a, that's fantastic. But the, the population size of basketball, professional basketball players, NBA players, uh, the population size of football players, right? That is a tiny, tiny, tiny portion of the population uh, that actually does this. So like uh, sliding doors, yes, but also like you have to be an insane talent. And I, I think that like, I don't know if, if we properly understand like how good uh, some of these players are, right? Like we look at like the lower levels of. I mean, I think we do, but uh, I think we look at the no, lower levels of England and we're like, oh, we could we could play there, and then it's like, no. I, I wonder <laughs> how much like, of it is
3: so good. Is talent though versus like commitment and belief and work, especially at especially at the lower levels, but also at the top levels, It's like you've got so many guys who are playing professional sports uh, who are, you know, probably not all that much better than guys who are playing either like a level true down or who just quit because, you know, of X, Y, and Z reason. And so I think a big part of it is like, you know, every, probably every professional athlete at some point got that speech of like, you know, it's really hard to be a pro. Like make sure you do all this other stuff and just being like, fuck you. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work really hard. I believe in myself. I'm the greatest. And so I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of talent required to be a professional athlete. um, But I think that's only part of it. I mean, again, we could also have like a long list of guys who were incredibly talented who never really made it at their professional sport because of these other factors. I mean,
0: there, there are all those things that you do personally control. And then on top of that, there are all the things you don't control, like Mm -hmm. who happens to be the manager at the club when you come through. But even more importantly than that, like, does that rough tackle that some bozo from wherever, right, he comes in, does your knee pop or does it stay? Right. Like every single one of those. If you break your leg, that's not your fault but you're done like that's it yeah. so there's still yeah. like yeah. you can you can absolutely be the 100 the most talented most committed most dedicated most professional and it can still like it's still a roll of the dice yeah was i mean your, i
2: think was your twin brother playing for you during that <laughs> <episode>? <laughs> i think when i thought about this question maybe it's not uh I mean, yeah i think i'm thinking about this right um because it's written someone who had the potential to become someone great. It like made me think about people I played with growing up or in high school. And I think when I think about those people, the people who went, so I think if you want to become professional in America, you at the high school level, you should be good enough that you're getting D one scholarship offers. Like you can become a professional from some other path, D two or whatever. And you can also obviously for soccer, not go play in college. You can go play in an Academy, but if you're not getting D1 scholarship offers, you are not good enough to be probably to become a professional. And the guys who I played with, who in any sport got D1 scholarship offers versus the guys who did not, the big, I think difference was the commitment dedication piece, not how talented they were. Um, Like Keevan will probably know who I'm referencing in these situations, but a good friend of mine and Keevan's is a very talented person in many, many, many sports And, uh, certainly to my estimation, like, uh, has the, um, physical gifts to be a D1 athlete, but just didn't really pick a sport, could have been one or two or three sports, didn't really pick one, ate like crap, never, you know, practiced ever outside of practice, except like whatever, fucking around in the alley. Right. And then there's another person who, uh, you know, was, like, eating all the right stuff as an 8th grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, like, you know, taking it way super seriously, and we were all, like, kind of, like, you're kind of a nut, but then got a D1 scholarship to University of Miami, right? So, like, I think that, unfortunately, that's, like, kind of the way it is. Like, you'd like it not to be the case that when you're 14, 15 years old, you have to, like, if you want to be do this for your career, like you need to stop having fun and playing with your friends and, and, and eat the right stuff instead of eating potato chips and, and fruit snacks like your friends are. But like, that's what your competition is going to do. at that. You know, they're, you're going to then be competing against guys who take it more seriously than you, and they're, they're going to be fitter on the field. They're going to be faster, bigger, stronger, and you know, they're going to have better results at the end of the day.
1: Well, I think that you also kind of hit on the point about at least in America, which I think uh, this is what what Pedro is getting at, is that uh, it's not just about talent. Like talent, yes, obviously you have to be talented, but what what you're talking about, Colin, is is recruitment. What you're talking about is marketing and being able to ex- get exposure. Um, and so s- sometimes I think maybe what Pedro is getting at is that like some of these great, 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 great players uh don't have the ability to market themselves don't have the means to be able to uh, go to those big tournaments and play the, play in the big tournaments and and travel and get the exposure and like essentially send uh, stuff out to to schools to get them to come look at them um, or you know even have the wherewithal to do that
2: um, but I, so I still think it, that it's
1: it's like a, it's it's a very kind of' uh, there's a lot going on in like being able to get to this level, right? Like you have to have people around you that are good at like getting your name out there so that people come see you and then generating that type of uh, exposure. And, um, but then on top of that, right, like you have to be willing to train and work and like sacrifice a ton of stuff. And as a 14 year old, right. Yeah. Which none of us were willing to do. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) And I'm not sure I really like, would co-sign that for my own kid, you know, really? Like, do you really want to give up those years of your life to focus on something that, to your point, Palmer, probably is not going to be your profession at the end of the day? Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, is that really worth it? I don't know. But I just think that, um, I do think if you are 14, 15 years old and you become insanely dedicated to it and you work your ass off and you don't market yourself well, yeah, you might not get the scholarship to University of Miami, but... Aaron Rodgers went to Crested Butte Community College. Cam Newton came from junior college. Like, plenty of big professional athletes came through another tier, another path, right, and got their exposure in a stepwise fashion, so to speak, Um, and had to earn it every step, Um, had to work their ass off at every step, but... um, I think that that's the key part is working. Yeah. But those, yeah. those
1: are story Those are success stories. How many of those?
2: Oh yeah. Right. For sure. Right. For sure. Yeah.
1: Well, just by the nature of the numbers, there's
3: going to be a lot more failure stories than success stories. So, yeah. Right. All right. Great email from Pedro. Uh, and cause it was so good. We're going to read another email from Pedro. <laughs> uh, he says he just listened to the pod from a couple of weeks ago and he thought of something. Um, why are, are practically all mainstream footballs apolitical? Um, He says, outside of obviously politically outspoken footballers, and he mentions Rooney and a lot of Brazilians, and frankly, I'm struggling to think of times when Rooney was particularly political or like Brazilian footballers who I know to be political, but that might just be my ignorance. But I don't know if you guys know of examples. But he, he says, who do you think is extremely political in their personal
1: lives? I, I mean, like, well, Marcus Rashford has been outspoken, and what did he? He didn't get knighted. What did he get? Uh, he got an
0: OBE or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: something uh, for his work or with, with the British. Empire, uh, is uh, poverty and and
2: uh, child hunger. Um, yeah, it still I think... blows my mind though that we have to call that political. That he's like against well, child hunger, and he's like yeah, doing yeah. stuff to feed children, and you're like. Well that's a political stance. Right. Like, yeah. The other side is for that.
1: I think that um, I this gets on to like a little bit more of what Pedro's writing about, but I think we kind of project our own political leanings upon the players that we really like and hope <laughs> that they that they say yeah. these things, you yeah, know? Totally. And at the end of the day, like maybe they come out and they say something stupid, a Laton. Latan, although Mike News. Laton was Laton, um, a new baby. But like, but then you're you're just like, oh dang! Like, uh, Klopp, I thought you were a crypto Marxist. Um, <laughs> only only Slavon Bilic
3: has come out and been like very very clear about his political
1: leanings. Yeah, uh,
2: Paolo De Caneo also is pretty. clear. Alex, about yeah,
1: the other side of the coin. Yeah, on the other side, right? Exactly. Um, I
2: mean Weston, yeah, I think I, is the leader right now. Weston and Josie on the U.S. men's national team. Yep.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, Go ahead, Mike.
0: Romario was uh, the Brazilian House of Deputies on behalf of the Brazilian Socialist Party. So there's a Brazilian for you. That's true. Good. I'm now just Googling political footballers so that we have something (laughs) to talk about now.
3: Yeah, George Weah, I believe, is the president of Liberia. (laughs) So that that counts. Um, That counts. I I think, though, also... Brian Clough was a committed socialist. (laughs) Love it. Love it. I think though to your point, Palmer, like, is what Rashford's doing political? Like, I think everything is political in a certain sense, right? So, even even though an issue like child hunger should be, you know, everyone should be universally committed to eradicating it, that's clearly not the case. So, you know, to, it, it, yeah, I think maybe that maybe another way to phrase Pedro's question is like, which. Uh, Soccer players or people in the soccer world are most outspoken on issues not related to the game. Yeah, and like Raheem Sterling definitely comes to mind uh, yeah. recently as another one. I think like Juan Mata started I think a charity or some organization where where footballers donate like a certain percentage of their salary yeah. to yeah. Um, to nonprofits or something.
1: I mean, I I think that the also the sad part is is that you know this is this is a profession for them as well and so they need to set themselves up and again market themselves and part of that marketing is is maybe not trying to you know uh what what's the famous michael jordan quote uh republicans, republicans buy nike's 2 yeah. um and I, you know i i hate to say it but like it that it's a capitalistic like view and you know, you have to be able to, um, you know, make a living. So I, maybe that's why they they tend to be a little bit more quiet as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I 100% think that's the reason why uh, any public figure, uh, whether it's an actor or uh, athlete or whatever, would not, you know, want that attention, want to to put themselves out there as... Especially for issues that are more divisive than childhood hunger, uh, to take a stance, right, is because if it's a thing that's 50-50 now, fifty 50% percent of people don't want you, uh, don't, want, don't want, don't want to buy your sneakers or whatever it is you're selling. So, you know, from that uh, stance, I, I can, I sympathize with that, but at the same time, like you'd wish that um, folks who are in the set for life category. Uh, with what the money they're making or whatever, uh, would be a little bit more courageous.
0: I think, uh, I mean, this is all true. Pedro, maybe a little bit, is more interested in behind the scenes, who in their personal life. So we're going to play a game. I'm going to name people, and you're <laughs> going to tell me which, which way they go. Um, Palmer, Gareth Bale. Oh, my God.
1: Uh, <laughs> he is absolutely he's too cons- busy golfing he's, to care. Come on. Yeah, no, he's conservative. Like, let's go. Golfing,
2: come on.
0: Mike, Freddie Adu.
3: I'm going to say, man. I mean, I'm just going to say everyone's conservative, basically, unless they've come out and said otherwise. And I don't know (laughs) if Freddie has said otherwise. So I I think this is kind of a, a BS question where, like, if you're, I mean, Freddie doesn't really have a. Uh, A platform anymore But like If you have a platform As a professional soccer player Or a professional athlete And you're like Not using it But you're like Doing things behind the scenes I mean That's That's better than nothing But it's also like I don't know That doesn't really Pass the smell test
2: Just who did Freddie vote for? Did Freddie vote for Trump or did he vote Is he with us or against
3: us? Yeah Uh, Man Who knows I don't know Maybe he didn't vote (laughs) Nice take Hot take
0: take.
2: Yeah
0: Uh, Colin Tony Hibbert Oh, Tony
2: Everett, working class socialist from Liverpool. He's like uh, Roger Bennett.
0: Whoever's making it easier to, to trout
3: fish. He's he's yeah, on the team.
2: Carp, carp, <laughs> carp, all the time.
0: Uh, I feel like I came up with a good one for each of you. So I liked I'm it. Done. That was good. Uh, anyway, yeah. Are there Dan, other good ones? We should. Dan Bessie yeah. the cow. <laughs> Absolutely, uh, raging socialist. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Um, All right. That concludes the Pedro section of this week's podcast. Uh, I do. Sorry. I don't know if any of you said this, but footballers, at least at the top are um, generally quite wealthy and generally not very highly educated. So just check the demographics on that. Yeah.
3: And I mean, how many have been, how many have been accused of of tax fraud? It just makes me think that they're probably voting conservative, so they don't have to pay taxes. (laughs) Uh, the next email is from Keevan. Uh, this is about uh, C.P. De God, who got his first start under Thomas Tuchel yesterday in, I think, like 10 games or something. Uh, Keevan writes, it seems that every Tuchel press conference, he's asked about the, the gods playing time. He's got a bunch of questions for us, so I'll just read them all off. He says, are you worried about uh, Pulisic's playing time? Why is this such a big deal, and it's constantly being brought up in the media? Do you think Pulisic is being treated fair by Tuchel?
2: Colin, um, I mean, I think it's it's a it's a it's a question because he they spent so much money on him. Like, it's not because he's American or uh, whatever. You know, he's the 40th most expensive transfer of all time. They paid 58 million pounds for him. Uh, he has a previous relationship with Tuchel. When they hired Tuchel, they thought, "Great, we're going to get the best out of him." And he then, was the
0: best player in the Premier League for the first half of the last yeah, year.
2: He was he was showing that right, and then all of a sudden he doesn't play anymore. Uh, that's why they're just what, what, what's happening with our expensive, uh, you know, toy we bought. Why is it in the garage? It's feeling warm
3: in
1: here. I feel like a, the the heat of a hot take from Palmer might be uh, upon us. I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I will tell you. Uh, before, took, take, took, over, took took over. Tookle took over. The took um, over. Chelsea was in disarray. Lampard was moving the lineup around and around. Couldn't figure out a, a good lineup. Pulisic was hurt. Friends, at the friends time. with David
0: Cameron. <laughs> Frank Lampard a Tory.
1: <laughs> Pulisic was injured. Hundred percent conservative. I mean, get out of here. Look at his. Look at him. Um, uh, Pulisic was hurt by the time uh, Tuchel came in. Found a lineup that worked, and they've not lost and conceded like what two goals in, in twelve games. He yeah, doesn't fit in right now because the isn't he's found why, a formula that works.
2: Yeah, the so question isn't why is he why isn't he playing? That's not the question. I'm, we understand I, I just why, told isn't you why he playing. he's not playing. That's what I'm saying. Everyone understands why he's not playing. The question is Palmer, why is re, he being asked about question. Him? <laughs> why is he being asked about it every week is the question not why R- is Tfq. he oh, because
1: it's narrative it's just narrative that's that is so the thing I was right? I was So that's what I'm telling you I'm telling
2: you the narrative So
1: the I mean the narrative is like he was the best player in uh in December right but he's not fitting into the he's not fitting into the lineup because they're winning right like don't don't fix what's not broken right now and like I'm not I'm not mad at this if anything uh, Pulisic is going to be fresh for uh, World Cup qualifiers. So, Dan, that's great. Is he being treated fair?
0: I mean, probably. I think all player, basically, all players are treated fairly one way or another. The manager's just trying to do something different. Uh, what I would say is that if he wants more playing time, he should leave. Like, that's also fair, right? A player that wants to find a different situation should go find a different situation. So it's all, it's all part of the same game, right? Like, Uh, yeah, I think it's fair. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not upset for Christian Pulisic. It's, it's his career. He's the one not getting on the field. He should do something about it. Either earn a spot or leave.
1: Okay. So here's
0: here's
3: another
1: dropping the tennis balls at training.
3: Stop doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another question that Kevin didn't ask, but, um, if you could go back in time to 2 years ago or whenever Pulisic signed for Chelsea and you could say like, yep, sign for Chelsea or no,
1: don't. W- oh, I what saw would you this. say? This was so people are so <laughs> mad. They're like, "Oh, in hindsight, this was a bad decision." This was a great decision. This is a stupid question. He's not in the lineup wow, right now. I'm this hurt. is a this is a recency this is a recency bias issue, right? He's not in the lineup right now. He had a great, great, great end of the Premier League last season. And everyone was like, this was the best move for him ever. Oh, my God. He's going to be like a Chelsea legend. It's not working. He's injured. He's injured a lot. Like, this was going to happen at some point. He's got to work his way back into the lineup.
2: Uh, you remind me I of Taylor Twoman his... so much right now.
1: <laughs> <Do> I... <laughs> what are we doing? Do I... do I think this was a bad move for him? No, absolutely not. This was a great move for him.
0: Uh, also, a kind of winger forward not cutting it or, or not being preferred at Chelsea for not really clear reasons can still go on and have an amazing career. See Mo Salah, see Arian Robben, see
2: Kevin De Bruyne, yeah. uh,
0: De, Bru- De Bruyne. Like, maybe this is just a thing that offensive-minded midfielders have to go and do <laughs> to, like, become world-class. Yeah, go it's to fine. Chelsea. I'm go not to Chelsea and leave. <laughs> go to Chelsea and wash out. It's just part of the process. Collins, I agree. Ca- this is a good move. You have, to go, you have to go challenge yourself at the best places you can, and Chelsea is one of those places, and that's fine. He, no, he, of course he should still do this. Two years ago, yes, go to Chelsea, yeah. play. It's a silly question. Wow.
1: Not by you, Mike. This was a question that was like, posed I mean, on I, the I, internet. I, I did I, ask the question.
3: I, I, think, I think there's a perfectly <laughs> reasonable argument for why this was not a good move. I mean, if we're saying after two years that he's going to leave – and, like, can we say that he's a better player than he was two years ago? Like, I don't know, maybe. He's had flashes, but I would say, like, the majority of his time at Chelsea have not been particularly productive. So I think there's a perfectly good argument. I mean, we'll never know where else he would have gone or what might have happened. But to me, it's not like this has been an extremely successful couple of years. Uh,
2: I mean, I don't think we need to pretend like it is. In the 1920s. Nineteen twenty, the last year's Premier League, he scored nine goals. Before that, his goal, his highest goals in a season was four. So he more than doubled his output. Right, at but Chelsea. I, but
3: I think most of those goals were in the in the COVID after COVID period, which, frankly, I think deserve an asterisk because it was just a weird time. Like if we're, we're not we're not going to say that that was not a weird time in football with like compressing a lot of games.
2: That was just Everyone a normal else was playing time. was just like times any too. other
3: season. Right? <laughs> okay, cool. My bad. I, I didn't realize that's how every single season's gone for the last a hundred years. But so, uh, so I'm not saying he I'm not saying those should be totally discounted, but like in you know more quote unquote regular times, he's generally looked pretty average to below
0: average at Chelsea. But he always has, even before Chelsea i mean what was his output he was always hot and cold at dortmund he was always injured at dortmund it's not as if going to chelsea changed him somehow right like but, this was a bad I mean, move we'd because expect it him, changed the trajectory we'd expect
3: him to like get better right as he gets older as he moves to a bigger club so i don't know guys i mean he, we would hope, i don't know we
1: would hope mike should he move i
3: mean if he's not going to be starting week in and week out then i would say absolutely He's
2: like, what, 20? 20, yeah, I mean,
3: 22. Now. I, I think
2: it would be a good, good idea for him to move right now. I mean, his, he hasn't been out of the lineup so or, I mean, in summer, obviously. He hasn't been out of the lineup so long that his stock has fallen because people have forgotten about him or his questions about whether he can play, that kind of thing. And quite frankly, Chelsea, when they signed him, didn't have a lot of guys of his profile. And we kind of felt like that was good. Like Pedro was on the way out and and it was like, okay, you can see how he gets to the first team here pretty easily. But then since then they've signed um, Ziyech, Mount has really developed and they signed Havertz and Havertz. They signed for, you know, similar money to to Pulisic. So if it comes down to that kind of feeling where it's like, uh, we got to play one of these fucking guys, we got to shoehorn him into the lineup because they cost so much, you know, he might get, he's not going to get the preference there. And, Uh, Mike, you pointed this out in our emails, I think, the way Tuchel has set up the team, there's really not a lot of spots for those type of players, actually. Even though you'd think, like, I don't know, maybe this is like a naive way of thinking about tactics, but Tuchel, Dortmund, PSG in the past, like, those are pretty attacking kind of clubs, used to scoring a lot of goals. You'd think he has a lot of roles for creative attacking midfielders in, in the way he's setting up Chelsea right now. He doesn't. He has a lot of those players, but not a lot of spots on the field for them. So, that's why Pulisic's not seeing the field right now. And I don't think you can really expect it to change. Um, so, so, yeah, leave, get playing time. That we okay, always say so, that. Get playing time. So, if he leaves, if
1: he leaves, right, or he, like where would be a good place? Because if he leaves, then the, the, the next discussion that we're going to have on this pod is Has Christian Pulisic reached his peak, his ceiling? Is this it? Is he no longer to God? where can he go where we can say this is either a lateral move or a better move and not go from i don't you know chelsea to uh birmingham or be back to the mls
0: another like continual champions league contender that the situation just makes more sense i don't i agree i don't think we'd want to see a step down but if it was Juventus, because they offloaded Ronaldo, and now they've got a spot on the wing forward position, like, that m- might make more sense. Go to Juventus, play with Weston. That'd be awesome, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
2: was going to say... It, it, it's funny, because I was going to say RB Leipzig. would be sure? sure. Another U.S. Uh, I, I would say, like, uh, even if Paris. he goes to a, a
3: club that is not, like,
2: a Champions League
3: club, like a, a top half in a top five league, uh and does really well there, like, if he goes to... I don't know, like, a, a team at the level of, like, West Ham or or your beloved Everton, Colin, and scores, like, 10 goals, like, great. Just be a 10-goal scorer in a top-five league, that's great. I mean, maybe it's not, my, it's not the, the highest of highs that we wanted for him, but, like, that's a huge progression to go into a top league and be a consistent performer.
0: My concern about that is that those teams are more likely to set up fairly defensively in more of their games, and... I don't think Pulisic, I mean, his work rate is good, but I don't think he's necessarily a great defensive uh, offender. So, well, but I, I think if you, g- that's that's the part that would concern me about that type of move. I,
3: and, and I don't know a lot about like the tactics or the setup at, you know, West Ham or Everton, but, you know, they're going to have, you know, probably six, six-ish opponents a year, uh, you know, the, the big six where they set up very defensively. And then all the other games, they're probably setting up either, you know, to very much win or they're setting up for, like, a back-and-forth game, and, and I think like that's okay for Pulisic. I wouldn't want him to go to, you know, a relegation contender, but I think, I think there's a lot of opportunity for him to go somewhere else and, and be successful.
0: Can we go back? I don't remember in my list of uh, Chelsea offensive midfielders and forwards that washed out. Did I name Joe Cole? <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was in my head, and if I did name him, I'd like to apologize, because Joe Cole played 182 games for Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea And Legends. that was the most Chelsea legend, Joe Cole. Um, second, this is a, this is a uh, pop quiz, by the way. A club for which he played the second most, or has the second most appearances? West Ham. That's right. Uh, started at West Ham, played there for five years, 126 appearances. Went to Chelsea, played there seven years, 182 appearances. Left... Um, and bounced around a little bit Where did Joe Cole have his Third most appearances That's the quiz Liverpool what,
1: Did he play for Liverpool
0: He went to Liverpool Had 26 appearances That's like 7th on this list Or something
2: It's got to be somewhere Way down the table Because Joe Cole hung around For a long I'm gonna time I'm going to say
0: like QPR Cardiff Never played for QPR Never played for Cardiff Birmingham City Never played for Birmingham. Can we get a hint? Close. Aston Villa, 12. Nice. Coventry, uh, 22 combined between loan and own. Love it. Third most, 82 appearances, your. For Lauderdale. Tampa Bay oh, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Wow. <laughs> I
2: knew he went to Florida <laughs> at some point.
0: Yep. Two, two years down in Florida, 82 appearances. Club legend at the Rowdy's Tampa Bay Rowdies. Amazing. I, my favorite. They
2: had him at the same time they had him, they maybe had Freddie Adu or somebody else too uh, late in their career on, on the same roster.
3: One of my favorite uh, quotes in, in soccer history, and I wish I knew who said it, but someone was describing Joe Cole and how skillful he was. And he said, What Messi can do with a soccer ball, Joe Cole can do with a tennis ball, speaking of tennis balls. And uh, <laughs> that may be true, but not, not very
1: relevant to the game, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> too, too bad they don't play soccer with tennis balls then, huh? Yeah. <laughs> really sucks for Joe Cole. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. Um, those are the emails. Great set of emails. We made it. Soccerthread at gmail.com. Lovely. Back to you, Dan. Thanks,
1: thanks everybody, for writing <laughs> our run order.
0: Literally the end of the run order. Uh, and I definitely have not watched any soccer this week. So, I'm about anything, to go suffer through the second half. Maybe, right. hopefully. Enjoy Palmers. It, like, it sounds like we're done. Thanks for the emails, everybody. That really got us through a podcast. I'd just like
2: to confirm that uh, Freddie Adu did, did, in fact, play with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. I can't quite confirm right now whether he played on the same team as Joe Cole.
0: Oh, <laughs> another great uh, example of people who are way better than anyone you've played with. I uh, played an indoor tournament against Danny Mwanga in roughly 2000. It was like New Year's 2016, so maybe actually played with Joe Cole at Tampa Bay Rowdies because Danny Molonga, I believe, was at the Rowdies also for a while. That guy dominated this tournament at one point <laughs> as as an old uh, no longer fit, no longer fast, never really that good player. I obviously got upset and annoyed at one point and just decided I would try to go like bowl him over. <laughs> Did uh, not work. And, I've, I've probably told this story on the pod before. So I went in just just this dirt, like the kind of thing that's just absolutely uh, unacceptable. Uncalled right? for. <laughs> absolutely uncalled for. But I just decided I was done of having him run around me, uh, tried to just crush him. He I bounced off of him. He was like <laughs> 50 pounds lighter than me. I tried to crush him, and I was like, like, the first thing to hit the floor as I flipped, I think, was my shoulder, is how hard it comes <laughs> He's probably
3: seen that a thousand times, just guys run right at coming, him, yeah. and he just, you know, does like a slight hip check or something, or, or a swivel of the shoulders, and just kind of leans into you, and that that solves
0: that problem. Another example, the best person you've ever played against could not cut it at the professional level, so... <laughs>
2: Uh, uh, 2016 Tampa Bay Rowdies. Joe Cole, Freddie Adu and a uh, man who, a defender who just went from New York City FC to Inter Miami, and now going uh, to gonna play with Austin uh, this coming year. Matt Beasler. Ben Sweat.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Sure. There you go. Would not have come up with that. All right. Well, amazing. He's got thanks, two Cliff. U.S.
2: He's got two U.S. caps. That's right. Anyway, thanks, Cliff.
3: Thanks, Cliff. Bye, well, guys. <laughs>
4: brr,